Welcome to the Radiant Church Podcast. I'm glad you're here. Grab a Bible or open up your favorite Bible app as we get into God's Word together. Hey, Radiant Online family. We're going to jump right into God's Word. So if you have your Bibles, and I hope you do, go ahead and open up to 1 John chapter 2. And we're going to be looking at verses 18 all the way through verse 27. But before we begin, I just want to read verses 26 and 27. Read along with me. I am writing these things to warn you about those who want to lead you astray. But you have received the Holy Spirit, and he lives within you, so you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know, and what he teaches is true. It is not a lie. So just as he taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. Today, for just a few moments, I want to talk about the topic of Jesus is everything. Jesus is everything. Would you pray with me right now? Father, God, I pray that you would make your word come alive. God, even in this online service, God, your spirit would transcend the boundaries of technology and your word would come alive in our hearing and in our hearts. God, I pray that we would posture ourselves to submit to your word, to ready ourselves to say yes to whatever you want to say. And Father God, I pray for anyone under the sound of my voice, God, who does not yet have a relationship with you. God, I pray that your word would convict them of their sin and convince them of your great love. God, use my words in this moment to accomplish your goals. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Um, In these days and age, man, it's hard to know the truth, isn't it? It's just hard to know the truth from deep fake videos that look like somebody's talking that's not to conspiracy theories on the Internet. It is incredibly difficult to know what's true. Um, I remember growing up, I was the youngest of five kids and my oldest sister, um, Anna, we were about two years apart and uh, she wanted to be a teacher. And so because I was smaller and younger than her, I had to sit in her class. So she would sit me on the floor with all of her teddy bears lined up next to me um, and she would have class. Um, and, the th- and the sad thing was, I really began to believe that she knew what she was doing, right? I was in elementary school. She was just a few years older than me, but I really believe she knows everything. She speaks with such authority and passion. Surely she knows what she's talking about. Uh, but one day she thought it would be funny to tell me that the fastest vehicle in the world is a mobile home. <laughs> now, I didn't know what that was. I'm a child, but my sister said it's true. So I went to school so proud, y'all. I'm, I got to tell everybody. Everybody's got to know this new fact about the world that I know. And I begin to tell everybody the fastest car in the world is a mobile home. Now, it didn't take long for me to figure out that other people disagreed with me. But they weren't just disagreeing with me. They were disagreeing with my sister. And so we can't have that. So I'm sitting here arguing and fighting in class, getting in trouble, and come to find out my sister just thought it would be funny to tell me something that wasn't true just to see how far she could take it. Now, that's a funny story in my life, but I know many of you have experienced similar things where... Somebody that you trusted to tell you the truth, somebody that had a position of authority and really a position of telling you rightly, even what God has said in the word, didn't tell you the truth. Maybe didn't tell you the whole truth. Maybe withheld intentionally or unintentionally misled you down a path. And so now we grow up as jaded adults, not willing to trust anything or anybody. Well, the reality is this condition that we suffer with, this distrust of those even in positions of authority and credibility, is not new to us. As a matter of fact, as we see in the scriptures in 1 John chapter 2, verses 18 and following, we see that John is writing to a people who are going through the similar things. 
You see, in this Christian community, there were people who were saved and sanctified and filled with the Holy Ghost, and at least we thought. And then one day, they didn't just leave the church. They left the faith. Um, And John has really strong words for them. We're going to see that in verse 18. It says, Dear children, the last hour is here. You have heard that the Antichrist is coming, and already many such Antichrists have appeared. From this, we know that the last hour has come. These people left our churches, but they never really belonged with us. Otherwise, they would have stayed with us. When they left, it proved that they did not belong to us. Now, let me be clear. You might be thrown off by that language of antichrist, and those who kind of grew up around the church are already kind of triggered thinking about the end times and revelation. Don't get scared just yet. That's not what John is talking about. Yes, we are trending towards this climax of opposition between God and Satan and the rulers of the darkness and the ruler of light, but we're not there yet. What John is talking about, there are some who are coming ahead who are anti the message of Jesus Christ, opposing the church. And it says that they left our churches. Now, let me be clear. There's lots of good reasons for people to leave churches, right? Um, Leaving a church is not in itself a sin. Um, Sometimes it can be a healthy, spiritually mature thing to do. Um, But these people didn't just leave the church. They left the truth. Look at verse 22. And who is a liar? Anyone who says that Jesus is not the Christ. Anyone who denies that the father and the son is an antichrist. Anyone who denies the son doesn't have the father either. But anyone who acknowledges the son has the father also. You see, John is beginning to define who these antichrists were. These weren't people who were leaving over the style of worship or the, the, how loud the music worship service was or how, how good or bad the preaching was. People weren't leaving the churches over those issues. No, they were leaving the truth. They were leaving the church and believing another gospel that said, maybe Jesus isn't the only way. Maybe I don't really have to submit my whole life to Jesus. Maybe there's another way to God. Maybe it's not just the gospel alone that saves, but maybe it's my works or some special knowledge. And the reality is many of us have experienced something similar. You may be listening to this right now and not really sure about who this Jesus person is. And maybe you've gone to one church and they've said one thing and they've, you've gone to another church and they said something else and it can be confusing. You read the Bible and sometimes it's really clear and other times it seems confusing. There may be times where you are unsure about who this Jesus person really is. Is he really the son of God? Is he really the only way to heaven? Do do Christians really believe that Jesus is the only way? What about people around the world? What about people who genuinely believe in other religions? All those questions are questions that you are not just wrestling with, but even those in those times wrestled with. And it caused some to leave the faith entirely. But there's an encouragement. Look at verse 20. John is going to contrast those who are anti-Christ, those who are opposing the gospel message with an encouragement for the church. And verse 20 says it this way. But you are not like that, for the Holy One has given you his spirit and all of you know the truth. And so I am writing to you not because you don't know the truth, but because you know the difference between truth and lies. Verse 24 So you must remain faithful to what you have been taught from the beginning. If you do, you will remain in fellowship with the Son and with the Father. And in this fellowship, we enjoy the eternal life he promised us. You see, sometimes there is a temptation to make Christianity really complicated. 
There are lots of theological deductions. I've got a couple degrees. I'm kind of a Bible nerd. I, I love studying the intricacies of the doctrines of grace and all the theologies and concepts. And so if you are on the outside looking in and not really sure about who this Jesus person is, and you see, well, this denomination believes that and this denomination believes that, let me make it really simple for you. The foundation of our faith isn't the style of music that we sing, isn't the flavor of the preaching that we listen to. It's not whether we have candles or lights or lit stages or dark stages. None of those things are the foundation of the faith. The foundation of our faith is what do you believe about Jesus? You see, we can disagree on a lot of things, y'all. We can disagree on a whole bunch of stuff. Women in ministry, infant baptism, all those other things we can have a healthy conversation around. But when it comes to Jesus, there is very little room to negotiate. Mm -hmm. But the good news is, if you're confused about all that other stuff, if you get Jesus right, you're headed in the right direction. If you get Jesus right, you are headed in the right direction. That's why he says, remain faithful to what you've been taught from the beginning. And most of us know all the theology that we know. We've been taught it from birth. Finish the song if you know it. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. We sing this song to children. You may not have even been raised in church, but you know that song. Why? Because the elementary truths are enough. The elementary truths are enough. If you really believe that Jesus loves you deep down in your heart because the word of God has revealed the heart of God on his idea and his plan to save you before you knew you needed to be saved, to love you more than you could ever love yourself, to have a plan for you that would shock you if you really heard what he had in store for you. If you really understood this elementary truth, that's enough. And so family, man, there are so many controversies in the faith. And as a believer, it can be incredibly discouraging. I get it. I see the Twitter debates. I see the, the back and forth. I see churches competing with one another and throwing slurs and slanders at one another. And it's all because we have walked away from the foundational truth that should hold us together. That it's all about Jesus. It really is all about Jesus. That's why the word of God says Remain faithful to what you've been taught. If you do, you will remain in fellowship with the Son and with the Father. And in this fellowship, we enjoy the eternal life he promised you. Hear these final words as I close. I am writing these things, verse 26, to warn you about those who want to lead you astray. But you have received the Holy Spirit, and he lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true. For the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know, and what he teaches is true. It is not a lie. So just as he has taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. Now, let me unpack this verse just for a second. Um, it may sound a little strange when the Bible says you don't need another teacher, because what am I doing right now? We're teaching, right? So let me, be, let me be clear what this verse is not saying. This verse is not saying that you don't need Christian community, that you don't need the church. Zoom out for just a second and know that these words are being authoritatively written by a teacher. John is teaching right now that there's a gift from the spirit of teaching. So we need one another. We need pastors and leaders and teachers and men and women in our lives. We need more than just me, my Bible, my prayer closet. We need a community. We need a church. John is saying that you don't have to let your curiosity lead to error. 
You see, these people who were leaving the church, they weren't just silently slinking out the back. No, they were with billboards out in the parking lot saying, hey, you are believing a lie. That Jesus thing really isn't true. He really isn't the only way. There's a better way, a more mysterious way, a more complicated way. There's a horoscope and a moon and phases and all these other things that people want to complicate our spirituality to make it seem like it's something that it's not. But it really is that simple. It really is just Jesus, y'all. And I, I get it. It's hard to believe that Jesus would love you as much as he loves you. It's hard to believe that you can do nothing to earn salvation. It's hard to believe that God wants to use you broken and scarred and fumbled your way through life, but he still has a plan for you. I get it. It's hard to believe that that's true. But it is. Because it's all about Jesus. It's all about what he has already done, not what you could ever do. And it almost seems like I got to do something to help. It's almost when somebody is too nice to you. When they do too many favors for you, when they let you borrow their car and they, they feed you real good and they don't ever ask for gas money every time they take you food and from someplace, it almost feels like I got to do something. And then we see what God has done for us. And it almost seems like I, I, I got to contribute something. I, I got to add some good works. I got to add some church attendance. I got to add some giving and generosity. I got to add something to make it feel like I did something too. But it's really not about that. It's just as simple as Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. And so the temptation here is to allow your curiosity to be, let yourself be bamboozled by complexity. Because all these things sound really intricate. And how Christianity is just, you know, Horace reimagined. And it's about the Egyptian texts and the, the Coptic religions and all these other things. It sounds really curious and it sounds really meticulous, but it's just as simple as Jesus saves. And John is saying to the church here, you don't need another teacher. You already have the testimony of salvation. You already have the spirit of God living on the inside of you. And that is enough because it's all about Jesus. Let me apply this really quickly and then I'm done. If you are listening to this right now and you do not know who Jesus is, maybe you're watching with a friend or just scrolling online. Let me just say this. You may have heard a thousand different ways to do church. You may have heard a thousand different complexities around Christianity, but let me make it real simple to you. Jesus saves. Jesus alone saves. You don't have to add anything because you can't, even if you wanted to. Jesus alone saves. And although you may go to 10 different churches and hear 10 different top things about 10 different topics, as long as they're preaching Jesus, you're heading in the right direction. And for the believers, man, I, this is honestly something that we too often take for granted. That it really is all about Jesus because the war in our minds that the devil tries to wage tries to make it about us. You know you shouldn't pray this week. Look what you did. You know you shouldn't even ask for forgiveness because you asked for forgiveness last week and you did it again. You don't really mean it. You messed up. You can't talk about Jesus. You messed up. You can't serve him and be of use to the kingdom. No, it's all about Jesus. So believer, if you are facing a struggle this week in your mind about your identity, about your worth, about your value, remind yourself that it's all about Jesus. It's never been about your performance. It's never been about your consistency. It's never been about anything other than Jesus the Christ. 
just as he has taught you, remain in fellowship, abide with Christ. The reality is Christianity is more than a religion to be believed in. It's a relationship to walk in. And I I promise you, Jesus does the hard work. Jesus does the carrying. He does the saving. We just get to enjoy the fellowship with him both now and in forever. It's hard to tell the truth. It's hard to know the truth. In a world full of deception and lies and controversy, it can be so hard that sometimes you just want to throw up your hands and say, I don't know what the Bible says and maybe I'll never know. But let me tell you clearly what the Bible says from beginning to end. Jesus loves me. This I know. For the Bible tells me so. It's about all about him, family. Let me pray. Father, God, I thank you for your word. God, I pray right now that you would settle in our hearts that you are the most important thing. That we would take our eyes off of ourself, off of our performance, and we would put it on you. God, I pray that you would help our roots to grow down deep, that we would not be tossed to and fro by the winds of deception our own curiosity by the winds of temptation to believe or add anything else to the gospel. But God, ground us in truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Thank you for joining our family in North Charleston as we heard God's word preached today. We would love to connect with you. You can find us online on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Send us a message to learn more about what Radiant Church is doing or support the vision of Radiant Church at radiantcharleston.com slash giving.